morning, you guys. We are back with Kicking Cancer Cares. Amanda Barron and Scott is in studio with us. Um, huge shout out to our sponsor for this whole second half, which is Marianne McNally. She is a residential real estate specialist with Next Home Realty Connection. She is currently going through her own battle of breast cancer, so you guys, please continue to keep her in your prayers. And in the meantime, if you are looking to buy a home, sell a home, or just not really sure where to start with it, definitely reach out to her. She is your go-to girl for all of that. Her number is 503-409-4389. Okay, let's pick up where cancer is the disease of love. Because when I, you I, first, I remember when I, we first said that, that shocked you. It did. It was like, I don't agree. <laughs> I don't agree. And then you heard Brenda's story. And then I heard Brenda's story, and it was like, cancer is the disease of love. Yeah, and this might help as well, because I think... Um, so when we're working with hospice, you know, there's, uh, we have breathing counseling and, you know, people will go into grieving and things like this. But sometimes bereavement and grieving happens before someone passes. Mm-hmm. Um, because the sad part is, it's if we understand it, um, and have you, if you explain the, why, why it's called that, that it's a... No. Okay. No. Leaving that all in your hands. Okay. <laughs> so when we work with a patient, let's say, that goes on to hospice um, and all these barriers that get in the way and these things that come up and what people think and there's a lot of negativity thoughts come through people's mind when we hear hospice. One, and there's three things that we have to mention legally when we talk about it. And it's end of, it's end of life care, six months or less, and really? it's called hospice. And when people hear that, it immediately changes everybody's oh, my stomach you made my stomach hurt already and but with mm-hmm. that and i have to tell some stories because it is um needs to be told in these points hospice is there for when you need it we only the when they have those diagnoses is what it's ideally from historical notes what conditions will actually bring that six months or less we've had patients on for you know a few years we've had patients at the very last minute which is always a hard one coming out of hospital and then they go on hospice for two weeks but that's at the very end and then we have patients i had a patient that i was working he had a als and was working with him for two years on conversations didn't go on hospice but we had lots of conversations sadly at the end of like two years he was in hospital we pulled him out and he was that last minute thing Mm-hmm. but he could have had hospice for two years. So this six months or less gets in people's way. Okay. And so when we talk about um, grieving, in, in, in normally that's done after someone dies. Um, and if someone is sadly passes in a car accident, we don't know that, right? So right. we grieve afterwards. Mm-hmm. But when we have someone on hospice and we're thinking of six months or less or, or, or they, people say, oh, they're on a deathbed, we immediately are prepping ourselves up with grieving so we start grieving beforehand and it all becomes very sad and um, hard to deal with stressful and a lot of emotions get put around but if we think of it differently and we think of hospice as not about this dying thing it's about living so we need to be embellishing and 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 supporting that quality of life for however long that lasts Mm -hmm. we've all got an expiration date but we don't know when that is right so instead of going down this decline of emotions thinking they're gonna go they're gonna go embrace it because that makes a complete difference and that's what you're talking about it's yeah. it, it, it's, yeah. it's it's there's this love in it yeah that shouldn't disperse when we i mean it never does but we should keep 
So I I know I can tell this story. Kid, do you remember Brenda's story about the disease of love? Do you remember how she told that? Vaguely about how was it her mother-in-law? Was her mother-in-law? Yeah, and how um, she, she was pa- getting ready to pass away soon, and she got the opportunity to spend a lot of time with her and do things like games and brushing her hair and having those conversations and laughters and storytelling and. All of those good things that probably honestly wouldn't have happened had she not been on hospice or um, getting ready to pass away from cancer. Um, And that's what's hard about our relationships with our loved ones is um, when they're gone, it's too late. And so it is so important to hold on to and treasure and make plans, do dinner plans with people, you know, once a week, once a month, because not every disease is a disease of love where you get a certain amount of time left to live sometimes it is quick like a car accident mm-hmm. um and, and, and so that and that was the lady that brought that to Brenda's attention she said my sister was here one day and gone, gone the next, the next. Yeah. there was no there was no time to build memories mm-hmm. whereas brenda had weeks i don't know exactly mm-hmm. how long but she had time to, yeah. to Relive some memories with her mother-in-law before she passed away. And they thoroughly enjoyed their time together. They made the best of it. They had a great time. And who knows if uh, they had not, you know, they probably would have just sat there and done absolutely nothing, you know, nothing. And, you know, grief is a good thing. I mean, you need grief to, you know, but there's a time for it. Yeah. And if we can put it at the right time and, and work on memories... So Queen Elizabeth, right, she was a one to talk about quick sayings, a really short little sayings she was famous for. And one of them, she said, was grief is the price you pay for love, which if you think about it, is so inspirational because it's so powerful. Yeah, That is really powerful. One more time. So grief is the price you pay for love. Okay. I like that a yeah. lot. Because if you love somebody, then you grieve for them. You yeah. have to, yeah. If you yeah. don't, ha- if they don't mean too much, you aren't going to grieve. Right. That's oh. really cool. I like that yeah. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to, I'm going to give you, I, I give you an update here a little bit late. Okay. Usually the updates early. Yes. But I save the update because it plays into this conversation. Okay. So anyone that's been watching Ozzy on Facebook, yes, he's like coming a lot. Did you see the pictures I put up the other day where I, he's like hugging on his mom? Yes, and he's I did. Playing the dentist, and I mean those are very recent pictures of a kid who a few months ago couldn't even move his arms. They headed hmm. back to make some memories, thinking this kid was going to die. So I thought I could walk you through a timeline because I went back in a little digging, you know. Yeah, don't let that. grass grow. On March the fourth, two thousand twenty-two. He was diagnosed, and he was, Scotty was diagnosed, it's called um, DPIG, it's a very rare brain cancer. Most kids that are diagnosed with that live, on average, three to eight months. So he, they get this catastrophic diagnosis. They were in the studio. It was a very emotional hmm. studio. Oh. And and they the doctors looked at the mom, Shyla, and she says, you mean my child has a time limit? Mm, oh, right, right. Jeez. And so that was March. Yeah. Knowing that he had a time limit of about three months, kicking cancer got involved. We organized an event, which was in June, 2022. Three months later, um, that event raised enough money to get them up to Seattle for a clinical trial in August. Now he's already beat the three-month mark. He's at this clinical trial up in Seattle, 
and everything was going pretty good, but they were still trying to prepare Shiloh and, and John. So on Thanksgiving of 22, they said he probably will not make it until Christmas. Hmm. Like you're just preparing yeah. the parents yeah. for what might happen. He did make it to Christmas. You were at the honoring evening I when was. he's there. Yes. Right? That's in January. We have this event every year. We bring them all together, and, and he's there in January. But then the trial wasn't working, and they had to come back. And in March of this year, he was put on hospice. Okay? Now, as I understand what you're saying is they put him on hospice because the treatment wasn't working, and there were no other treatment options available so put him hospice, but until we just had this conversation, it was my belief that he goes on hospice because he's got weeks to live. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they go on that trip. Yeah. And uh, the, the dad's family mm-hmm. lived back in the Tennessee, Kentucky area, so they go back to visit. And I think something happened with that little boy's body responding to all these people loving on him because he comes back and I reached out, and, and I said, well, I said to our board of directors, this kid's not going to make it to his fourth birthday, which is mm. May. But he made it till May. He, he turned four years old. Oh, that's... And so I looked at the parents. I said, do you think he wants to throw the first pitch out at Cancer Awareness Weekend? And he did. Oh. And so that is June. He threw the first pitch out at oh, this the baseball year. game. Mm-hmm. Of this year. But he's still on hospice. Yeah. See, this is where... I think when we look at hospice, so there is a statistic out there that says that hospice on average can extend a life 29 days. Now, that's on average because I don't know, I'm not a doctor, but um, we do have spiritual advising in hospice. I don't know what happens because it's a mystery to me, but sometimes we get people on hospice and things like this happen. All I can say it's not official is that we change things. So when we go on hospice, we stop all the treatment, all the medications and things. So, medication, so we, turn over, we turn over to God is what you're saying. Sort of, yeah. I mean, we're sort of now just working on comfort and quality. So all the and when we're feeding with different um, medications... What is that really doing to the human body? I mean, yes, we're trying to cure things, but when we take all that out and we're like, that's it now, things change sometimes. And and I wonder what that is and why now we've got a success story here and how long is that going to last? Is it going to keep getting a little bit better? His diagnosis most probably isn't unless another trial comes. And that's the other part that um, people don't understand or they think it's just permanent. So if I understood you correctly... If a trial came available that ho- that Ozzy could go on, he would come off from hospice yeah. because yeah. now he's back in a trial. Yeah, so so he can be on and off from hospice. Absolutely, and and at any time, if you don't want a hospice, you can just say I want to revoke from it, and it's real easy to come off hospice. But that's the thing I think also people say once I'm on hospice, I have to be on my deathbed, all these different things, or once I'm on it, I can't come off it. But trials come up all the time. It's really hospice is appropriate. And you have to be on the right page, and typically that is one either I've given up treatment or there is no treatment. Mm-hmm. And and but if we're on hospice and suddenly treatment comes available, such as a trial, right? Then we can go on. Yeah. We can we can um, continue and do that. Well, you you mentioned earlier the success story. Here's the 
biggest part of the success story, in my opinion. Today is August the 5th. He was diagnosed on March the 4th, 18 months ago. That's crazy. Yeah. This little boy that should have lived three months, 18 months ago. And the last video I saw was so cute. You probably saw this. Here's this little boy who couldn't move several months ago. And his, his mom's laying on his back, and he's like this dinosaur going, rawr, 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 rawr. And, but it's like a little, just a little yeah. boy, except now he's responding like a little boy yeah. for a kid who we thought back in April wasn't going to make it. I mean, just a few months ago, he couldn't even move his arms. He couldn't mm. move his legs. He, could, he had a feeding tube because he was refusing to eat. And he's completely done a 360. It's he actually, very remarkable. You were, you were busy. Otherwise, I know you would have been there. But um, he grabbed a baseball and he threw it. Not a long <laughs> ways, but he threw but this ball. He had enough strength yeah. to grip the ball and throw the ball. And he threw out the first pitch. And that's amazing. Um, yeah. And I think also when we get, so when we look at hospice, there's different types of hospice. And one of them is a pediatric hospice. And we actually do pediatric too. So it's, but it's a different, I mean, you work with the patients differently. Uh, where it's all about that quality, all about enhancing their life as best we can. When we're dealing with kids, it becomes more so. So giving them that um, little bit of spoiling and playing with them and doing things a little bit differently because they're young. You know, this, that, that's uh, important. And some of these things also improve because, like this kid, is, you know, also living longer because most probably all these are, this attention's happening, the things he wants to do. Plus, with hospice, people think, I can't go anywhere. But you can, like, that's a trip that you mm -hmm. went on. Yeah. Because even so if it's on, our hospice is here, and you go over to the East Coast, we'll just contact a hospice near him to say, look, when you're needed, you're going to be on call for that period of time, and then we transfer it back. So it's, okay. so people can still travel yeah. around knowing that they've got still got that support somewhere else. That's nice. Which is no, really I didn't good. realize that. Yeah. I thought this is a really important discussion because we've had Jennifer on palliative care, we've had Ozzy on yeah. hospice, and I really honestly didn't know the difference. Yeah, I just really neither. wanted Scott to come and explain that. No, yeah, it's important. Well, on a different note, but still Scott, we have a really fun announcement. Oh, yeah. Like, this is super fun. Okay. So there's, there's a there's a backstory how we got to what we wanted to announce, but tell tell the backstory, Scott. So as a little bit of a, I think it was a publicity stunt, really, that we did for the the Chamber of Commerce, and I thought, hey, they in the World Beat Festival, they have this dragon boat racing thing. So I thought, well, why don't we get a load of business guys doing a dragon boat? <laughs> so we all jumped in. I've never done it before, and a uh, mixture of ages and uh, people just doing this thing. And we raised, uh, and it, we weren't going to raise money, but we raised $200 for the Christmas baskets that they give out oh, to right, right. you know the needed people that you know don't have, have the money for the Christmas meals. So we did that, and it was just fun because I just thought seeing a, a load of business people just sort of the Chamber of Commerce. This yep. is fun. I want to go. Do, there. Do you know what a dragon boat is? Yeah, I do. Okay, okay, I do. So and it's twenty people in a boat, right? Yeah, you know, and, 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 well, and racing. We, we should probably explain to the listeners who don't know what a dragon boat is. That they may have seen them on TV. They have in Portland. It literally looks like a dragon, mm -hmm. and you've got ten roars on each side. On each side, yeah. And it's like the old Viking yeah. ships, yeah. except you have these people that may not be professional oars yeah. trying to guide this boat. And it's important to be 
together. Like I used to have a friend that did it. Com- she would compete yeah. in it, and so and it was. They went out there and practiced all the time to be right on target oh, with each yeah. other. Yeah. So yeah. I just picture you guys out there just and, a hot. And mess. they got a drum. They got a cooler <laughs> and a drum. Boom, boom. You know, doing this. <laughs> yeah. But we did it, and we got, and then we had two hundred bucks. So after that, this was two thousand six, I think. Okay. Staging me here, but uh, I thought, well, if we can do two hundred bucks without any effort, what could we really put this to? So we started. Um, I started to bring it into more of a charity thing. So as we built it, I think eventually to bring the story up is we ended up with Liberty House, um, and we did. Uh, a one race, and we think we raised like fifteen or sixteen thousand dollars. Wow! We did it in a different way, uh, where it's sort of it's up to the paddler, and they've got to bring some basically six hundred dollars to be in the. Oh, the okay, boat. yeah, yeah. So if you're if a bucket list item for you is to be on a dragon boat, yeah. <clears throat> then it you it costs you six hundred dollars. Now you can pay it yourself, you can get sponsors, whatever. But right, yeah. okay, yeah, and yeah. It, minimum, and minimum. it gives you a chance to do something that you know you don't have to be part of a team. You can and you do it once, and you you know and so there's no it. real commitment. Yeah. But so we just so my goal as I started this was thought, well, what if we could really bring, uh, and my vision was bringing attention to. Salem charities and do you know a big event like have five boats and each one be a charity and make it a big focus on Salem during the Dragon Boat Mm -hmm. or during the World Beat so that's bringing us up to speed so 2024 we've got and if you go back just prior to the pandemic was when Scott and I became friends and we had we had it all planned out we had the process Mm -hmm. was started we were going to do just two boats, mm-hmm. and it would be one for kicking cancer, and then he would have a boat, and that was going to be World Beat 2020, except World Beat 2020 didn't happen. Mm. Right. So we put this whole thing on the shelf until now, but we want to announce right now, we are going to do this next year, World Beat 2024. There will be at least at least four yeah. charity boats, more wow. if we can get it. So there will be one for Liberty House, one for United Way. One for paralyzed veterans and one for kicking cancer. And then That's we're amazing. doing. And then the multicultural uh, institute is also will and be then, another. Yeah. So there will yeah. be. I guess there'll be five because they're yeah. going to do okay. one as well. Um, but we're going to do a race, two boats at a time, and then hopefully we'll do one more race to see which is the fastest yeah. charity. Yeah, you eliminate, knock so, each other out. Yeah. And and the and the what we could raise could be just phenomenal. Yeah. Well, you know, we, in we, what did, we're doing. we did the the quick bath, so it's six hundred bucks to be on the boat. Mm-hmm. And there's 22. There's 20 people plus two alternates. If each of them did the minimum, that's fifteen thousand dollars per boat. Yeah, we could raise seventy-five, a hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Wow! For the charities in the city, and all of them have different reasons yeah. for being charities. Yeah. All good reasons, right? right. And yeah. then we're doing incentive things so that we can, if we get a paddler and they raise more, let's say raise a thousand. What I did on the last time when we did one boat with this, the Liberty House. We did it where I got a load of uh, uh, donated gifts, or even we bought them if it worked out. Where if they got a thousand dollars, we put them into a raffle to, you know, okay, to get, like, get yes, a prize. Okay, like yes, gave them more incentive. More incentive. To... And then I had, and then no one reached it, but I had one for five thousand dollars. If you got five thousand, you got put into a, a raffle. You get both the raffles, and this was a, a house for a week, a big house for a week in Mexico. Oh. With flights. Oh wow! Um, that was going to be the raffle. Yeah. And but we no one got to five thousand. But if we do that, and you've got a few people which might get competitive, yeah. right? Absolutely. To hit those five thousand, we got a prize like that. 
Well, I'm, wow. I, I'm going to officially say now that I'm pretty sure Mike Adams is going to be on my boat. He's a little competitive. Oh, <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> but anyway, that's a really good... This is 2024, um, and we're around, so yep. if anyone wants Ju- to... June, June the 24th, 2024 is World Beat next year. Okay. And that's where I'm going to do it. So right now, we're in the... Uh, gathering people on the boat. So if this is, if you're listening and this is of interest to you, email Amanda at Amanda at KSLM dot news. And, and she'll just let us know that you'd like to be on these boats. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, uh, it's going to be super fun next yeah. year. Or if you would not like to be on the boat, but, <laughs> but you would like, like to, to donate. Yeah. Uh, and there's also we were talking because there's got to be ideally minimum of 22, so you got an alternate. But if we, but I've talked about what if we had cheerleading ideally with people that wanted to be involved wanted to raise the money they didn't didn't have to paddle but they could be there as support and be part of that raising mm-hmm. yeah so what we're going to do great. is create a little sign-up sheet that says i want to be on the boat and raise money i don't want to be on the boat but i want to raise money so yeah. you have some there options you go. yeah right? okay so, awesome well fun. i look forward to it <laughs> so i brought you a fun article within our timeline okay this article is actually dated march the 20th uh, march of 2020 okay um, and this is from the the Salem Journal, Salem Business Journal, which if people go around town, it's a free paper you can pick up almost anywhere. Um, it's It doesn't really cover political stuff, it's just like mm-hmm. business things that are happening in right. Salem. Except they wrote a really fun article about us. Okay. And I wanted to read it to you and get curiosity. So I'm from my glasses. Yes, I saw, yeah, yeah, they're not purple. They're or... not purple this time. <laughs> but um, I, just, I just was telling them what we were doing, and they wrote this article about us. It says, what is the best thing a woman can do to beat cancer? Go run in the mud with a dozen enthusiastic supporters, of course. (laughs) (laughs) That is exactly what Brenda Ferris did at the suggestion of her brother, Baron Robison. (laughs) Along with supplements, Brenda is fighting metastatic breast cancer with diet and exercise. She thought it would be an impressive display of her determination to beat it by participating in the Warrior Dash in Canby, Oregon. She made the decision to do that in January 2018, which is... In our timeline of our of our show, that's when this whole thing started. Right. By May, she, along with 42 other runners, wearing hot pink T-shirts, yeah. were covered in mud. <laughs> go team, Brenda, go. <laughs> this bold, courageous plan attracted the attention of KGW's Tracy Berry, who produced a feature story for a Channel 8 news program that aired at the beginning of March. As Brenda was flying home to Mesa, Arizona, Barron realized her story, To Stay Alive, had actually inspired others to fight their own fight for their own reasons. In July 2018, which, by the way, we just celebrated our five-year anniversary. Yes, congratulations. Mm. Yeah. July 2018, Barron founded Help Team Brenda, which has now morphed into Kicking Cancer, a business designed to promote cancer awareness, educate people on how to proactively prevent cancer, mm-hmm. and fundraise for local warriors in the fight. Yes. Brenda returned to Oregon in August 2018 for a Spartan race and held a fundraiser for a co-worker of Barron's who was dealing with breast cancer in both of her breasts. Then she returned in October for another fundraiser to assist a family who had lost their father to brain cancer. Hmm. In December 2019, Kicking Cancer partnered with Mod Pizza locations in Salem, Sherwood, Lake Oswego, and Milwaukee to fundraise for Marissa in her struggle with breast cancer. We've told Marissa's story. Yes, we have. After the success of these fundraisers, Barron realized it was time to create We Are the Solution United to Prevent, a.k.a. Kicking Cancer. 
as a domestic nonprofit corporation in Oregon. The mission is to empower individuals to take control of their own bodies so that new cancer cases are significantly reduced through proactive prevention. Mm-hmm. The kicking cancer movement is gaining speed as more people believe that there is a solution. The goal for kicking cancer is to fund services that are needed, such as pathways, but are not being provided by other organizations or, as we call them, gap services. Mm -hmm. For example, the $500 per month Brenda spends on supplements is not covered by insurance. Mm. Exactly. Join the movement by participating in one of the Kicking Cancer Activity programs. Come to an educational seminar. Go to a workshop. Just take control of your life. You can be reached at kicking-cancer.org. I love it. See, those are the things where where we talked earlier about palliative and not being really an insurance thing, and but what it actually does. So supplements, you know, the ideally preventing hospital visits, but if it's starting to do things, and, and this is a, a, another conversation for another day, but that's where it, it can get complicated because why mm-hmm. aren't insurances covering things like right. that? Right, mm-hmm. right. But there's another Especially conversation, when, yeah, for another yeah. day on that. Well, right. we right. truly, truly <laughs> appreciate you being here, Scott. Yes. Great, great additions to the conversation. Thank you so much. I yeah. learned a lot from you today, so oh, as I'm thank sure you. our listeners did as well, so thank you so much. A huge shout out to our sponsor for this second half, which is Marianne McNally. She is a residential real estate specialist with Next Home Realty Connection. So if you guys are looking to buy a home or sell a home, definitely reach out to her at 5 503-409-4389 and continue to pray for her please as she is going through her own battle with breast cancer and we will be back next week as, as the, the movement, movement continues, continues.